everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Books the Game. I'm Sam, and my pronouns are she, her. And I'm Alex, and my pronouns are she, her. And today we have an author interview. Um, will you introduce yourself, your pronouns, and tell us which books you are the author of? Hi, I am Kira Smith. Uh, I am the author of The Falling in Love Montage and Not My Problem, which is has just come out. Yes, it has come out at the end of May. We've read it. We've read both of them. We love them both. Um, to start, I know to give like an elevator pitch of both of your books is a lot to ask of you, but can you tell us a little bit about each one? Although I'm sure we've had your the falling, falling in Love montage like recommended a lot by guests who come on here. So most people know about that one, but if you could like give us a little bit about each. Well, the Falling in Love montage is about Saoirse, who doesn't believe in love or romance. And so she gets um, she gets a bit uh, frustrated with romantic comedies and, you know, that sort of thing. Until she meets Ruby, who's really into that sort of thing. And because she is a, an attractive girl that she fancies, mm-hmm. she throws most of her her morals or her 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 um predictions out the window and is and they decide to have a romance based on the sort of falling in love montage parts of a rom-com i mean honestly um, don't we all do that i'm maybe yes no absolutely <laughs> someone and then you're just like oh yeah no too i totally love emo ska punk or whatever it is right <laughs> absolutely i know what that is um i also love uh Gaelic football or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Not My Problem is about Aideen. And Aideen is a girl who thinks that other people's problems are really easy to solve. But she kind of does it in her own sort of special way. So she ends up setting up a sort of social enterprise um, in school yes, where she does. trades favours um, in exchange for, well, other favors, you kind of have to owe her one. She's like a really benevolent mob boss. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and she, I call it the shenanigans book because that's just, that's how I thought of it when I was writing it. They just get into shenanigans. That's a great description. Also, I love that she's a benevolent mob boss. I'm writing that down so I can <laughs> use it as a title for this. Um, I have to tell you, so I, my kids are testing, I teach seventh grade. And so my kids are testing. Um, and I am reading this. I had been reading this one. Um, not my problem. And I have laughed so hard at like different times that kids will like turn around and look at me and I'm like, don't worry about it. Like keep going. <laughs> and three of them have been like, can we borrow that book when you're done this <laughs> I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, these are the, <laughs> the. That's the best advertising. See, whenever somebody, you know, if somebody's reading it in front of me, which has happened, and they and they laugh at something, I always interrupt their good time by going, "Well, what, 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 what was that?" Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I do have to tell you is when um, oh, what's his name? Cat is it? Cavi? Prince Covey. Covey. I did that one wrong. <laughs> I do apologize. I'm- no, not at all. Um, it's actually um, a friend of mine. Um, it's their it's their son's name. I stole it from them. <laughs> I love that um, where he is telling um, Aiden the first problem, and he's like nipples. 
Um, I laughed so hard. I thought that was so funny because I can see like a 17 year old being like, yeah. And I was like, oh, that, that tracks. That. I feel like you really master the, the teenage voice, but I also really appreciate how sarcastic your main characters are. Oh and my gosh, yes. Like it's so like authentic and genuine and I really connect to that. And that's, I think what makes it so funny because I'm reading this and I'm like, yeah, a teenager would absolutely act like this. And so would I probably, but like, I love how sarcastic these main characters are. And dramatic. Oh my gosh. Like every time Aiden gives um, an excuse in class, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Like I have heard those. Yes. (laughs) People are actually saying that. (laughs) Yes. No, she does. She has a flair for the dramatic, but, uh, but I mean, I just, I think back to all the times I tried to get out of pee and. I, I wish I'd been that creative. Yeah. The Genova project really got me. Did you, do you, when you both were in school, did you have to take gym classes? Because I feel like in high school, I did in middle school, but once I was in like high school, I think I only had to take like one semester of gym. You do. Do you have to yeah, take no, I, we had to, we always had to do PE. So we oh. had to do it from like through all of our years of school and um whenever I was at school I think especially when I was in secondary school so over sort of over 12 I would just point blank refuse to do it yeah <laughs> just sort of like my, my my PE teacher he's like you know you care you have to like you have to do this she she once really seriously <laughs> said to me if you don't do this you're going to fail PE and I was like okay yeah what is that gonna do for me <laughs> In the long term, failing PE is not gonna like hold you back. Um, I would, I would, you know, encourage participation in all school activities officially. Yeah, yeah. don't, don't try to get out of your classes. I was, I remember because I had to take a PE just the very first semester of my ninth grade year in high school, and I would just walk the mile. Like I wasn't gonna run. It was eight a.m. I don't want to be sweaty the rest of the day. I'm not showering at school, so. I just walked and walked and then I wanted to join soccer for some reason, which is like only running. Um, (laughs) And my PE teacher was like, you know, you have to run if you join this like sports team, Alex. And I was like, I got this. Like, don't worry about it. I can do it. I didn't do it. I sat on the bench. (laughs) Um, So for us, PE, you had to take one semester. Well, I dual enrolled. So I took a lot of college classes during my high school years. And so I forgot about PE until my senior year and I'm graduating in like 60 days and they're like, oh shit, like you have to have PE. So they put me in the only PE class, which is like um, a practice for football. And so I would just like sit out there and bring them water and it was great for me. Like it really was. Wow. <laughs> and you got college credit for that? Yeah. There your you school is, your school system is so different from ours like, it's really uh, messed up here yeah it's it's really different like we just we had p was on our schedule but it was it was basically just you know you get into a into a big hall and the p teacher inevitably makes you play volleyball or curling or something <laughs> and it doesn't count for anything but you still have to do it yeah that's weird i don't know um, what they made us do i just like I don't even really remember high school at this point. I'm like, what was I doing? Walked it out now. Yeah. 
repressing those memories. Um, okay. So to get back to your books, I we were wondering, so your first book debuted during a global pandemic. So we wanted to know what that was like for you. And then is it going to be different this time? Do you have like other things planned? I know we're not like out of a pandemic, but. Um, I think it was, in some ways it was weird um, because, you know, obviously everything was weird. So this was weird too. Mm-hmm. But in, in a weird way as well, it was kind of like, I hadn't really had any other experience. So um, I don't know what it, if it would have been, presumably it would have been different if things had been normal but I don't know what that would have been like and uh you know on the plus side I think that I got asked to do certain online events that I wouldn't have been able to do if they'd been in person right um but there was also things that I obviously didn't get to do because they weren't on or they weren't um in person and stuff like that so it was kind of a mixture of both um this time it's not massively different like our lockdown only ended on the 24th of may Uh like properly um so uh i think that the shops like bookshops and stuff were open a few like a week or so before that but it's not um it hasn't been like fully operational you know so I think that this time around, it's not been, it's not been super different and uh, I'm still doing kind of online things and um, there was like, you know, awards and stuff in, in the country that I was nominated for. Like, so in Ireland, I was nominated for a couple of writing awards and those didn't happen. And that was really sort of, you know, that was really hard to miss out on those kind of events because I don't really know a lot of people um, in publishing mm-hmm. you know, um, before this. I know some people do, some people, because some people have worked in like book selling or in events or other kinds of areas of publishing. I don't. So it was really my only opportunity to kind of meet people in person. So I do, I have missed that. And I would like for that to come back. Yeah. Just even just one of those events where you like all go and kind of be in the same place and they're like, oh, I follow you on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) It is fun. It is fun to meet people in person because I feel like the online author events are awesome because your reach is so far. Like I get to see things that I never would have known, like see authors talk that I never would have. But also like it is really fun to see authors in person and like get them to sign a book and like tell them how great their stuff is. I hope that we continue to do sort of online events because it does it I think it lets authors who are not in sort of those key locations be a part of things but also obviously lets people you know readers who are not going to be able to travel to events and stuff get and be included and that's amazing but yeah we nice to have both kind of on the go yeah Mm -hmm. well I I wonder how things are going to change going forward like there have been so many good things that have come out of it like a lot of zoom events that like alex said we would never have been able to like be aware of or be a part of that now we're being able to be there and so i would love to see like a merging of both you know like a virtual and 
in person. I think yeah. that was really great. Yeah, kind of like how they did talk shows for a while, you know, where they had like Yay! there, but then also someone on the screen. I mean, I'm here for that. I'm they done. Could, they could just Facebook Live or Instagram Live the in-person events. So it's like a weird virtual in-person inception thing. Mm. I mean, I'm here for that also. Except yeah. I do want to chime in with like shitty comments every once in a while. <laughs> like, that's, that's what they wanted there. Pretty much shitty comments, but you know. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, is your publishing process different? Because you're publishing in America and I'm assuming in other like other countries. So for the falling in love montage, it was um, I suppose you could say sorry, <laughs> my dog. Um, I honestly thought it was Sam, and I was gonna blame her. Albus. <laughs> Um, he's so bold. <laughs> I love um, it. But he, <sighs> yes. So in it was like I suppose it was primary. It's honestly totally fine. <laughs> when I tell you that most of the time it's grizzly, and my dog <laughs> has like a huge bark that's like deep and scary. I'm like, yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's just, it's just so hard to be able to do anything about him. But yeah. No, when I suppose you could sort of say that like the US, so so Harper Team were kind of my primary publisher, I guess. Um so but on the first book I worked with uh, my editor there and my UK editor um from Anderson Press kind of simultaneously. So they both sent me notes on everything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they were both very in sync. They both had a very similar idea of how it would work um, for not my problem um, because both books were picked up by Harper at the same time. I, I I just worked with my US editor and then it went to my UK editor after that. But there's there's also an ang- like an Anglic- Anglicization mm. phase as well. So after everything is done, um, in the states then it goes through a process of like changing the spellings and just here and there where like i will obviously write you know irish words and then sometimes you know my u.s editor will be like like she very much tries not to change anything but sometimes we like nobody is going to understand what you're saying here. Right. <laughs> well, like make a little tweak, and then sometimes it was it was weird. Whenever I um, was writing this one, I had written, um, I called like the principal of the school, the principal, mm-hmm. and then my UK editor on, in the anglicization phase changed it to head teacher because she thought principal was like an American word, but principal is what we would use in Ireland as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yes, yeah, so just little things like that. But then there's there's also like phrases that they kind of have to kind of go. Does this make sense everywhere, or is this just me? Is this do Irish people say this, or am I, am I understanding this right? I never would have known that to be honest. No. Okay, I do have a question. Tell me about these pickle crisps. <laughs> yeah, they're the best. They're like. The best ones are meanies. Okay. So meanies, as far as I'm aware, are only sold um, on the island of Ireland. Like, so you can get them in Northern Ireland and you can get them down south. I don't, I've, I've never seen them 
in England or anything like that. So I think they're just here, but they're amazing. And they're shaped like monsters. Um, but then you get like other pickled onion flavor. Do you not have pickled onion flavor? No. It's, um, really, it's like a really sharp. We have dill pickled chips. But are these pickled? Like, I think they just have a flavor. Like, pickles are like one of my favorite foods. I love. Puts them on pizza. So yeah, she's probably ready to fly to Ireland. And I've never had a a pickle. Like a real pickle? No. (laughs) All right. Listen. If you ever come to America, which I'm sure one day it's happening, I will meet you and I will bring you the best pickles in the world. Okay? They're amazing. Like, I, it took me ver- a very, very long time to figure out that when Americans are talking about a pickle, what they're talking about is like a cucumber or something that's been pickled. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get that. Oh. That's not a, that's, I think, you, I'm sure you can get them here, but I don't think it's a particularly common thing to eat. Oh, okay. That's, an, yeah, I feel like people put pickles on sandwiches, burgers, yes. like, make relish, like, they're everywhere here. You, we can, yes. you can shoot pickle the little slimy green things that I pick off if I get a cheeseburger. Yeah. McDonald's, but only for McDonald's. Okay, but listen, those are not real. <laughs> Don't worry about this. You're fine. Everyone's. everyone's yeah, that's so <laughs> funny. We even like um, have a pickleback shot. So you take like, what is it? Whiskey and pickle mm-hmm. juice. And you shoot the whiskey, and then you shoot the pickle juice. It's actually really good. Um, I bet the pickle juice is not dissimilar to what pickled onion crisps would be. Yeah. Probably, yeah. It's probably very similar. I am very curious about these other flavors that we don't get here. Oh, okay. Now Sam's (laughs) Sam's dog is ruining her setup. He just walked right through it, didn't he? That's Welcome to our lives today okay so next question is your characters in both books are both like out and proud lesbians was it important to you to have that piece already established as them being out rather than like writing a coming out narrative and if so why was it important to show that i feel like a lot of ya books it's like coming out coming out you know and that makes sense because because you know when you're a teenager that's you know now is probably a likely time when you'll come out. It w- wasn't so much when I was growing up, a, a time when people would come out. Yeah. Um, but so it makes sense that you have those stories now. And maybe mine is a little bit of a fantasy in that I always just sort of skip past that part because that's a, that is a story on its own. Yeah. I think that when you only have those stories, you kind of, it kind of creates this really false narrative that, you know, being gay or whatever is is about coming out Mm -hmm. that's that's the end that is your story and that is the end and um I was talking to somebody about this actually earlier this week and I started saying I think there's an SNL skit that they did with it gets better where they're like yeah it gets better but also like the you have to still deal with the rest of your life's problems yeah so I kind of just start there in that I you know, these characters have already dealt with that in whatever fashion and now they still have to do the rest of their lives, but they're just lesbians. Yeah. I love that because I feel like, like what you just said so many times, like we don't see the other side 
Like we just get to the greener grass and then that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. And especially for me, um, I came out when I was 28 and it was such a, it was really hard to find books that were not about coming out, but it was about like the other side of that, you know, and just like life in general. And I really appreciated the falling in love montage for that. Um, also, I do apologize that there's a tale. So, surprise. <laughs> Um, no, I, I get that. I think I was, I was, I think it was 26, um, when I came out, but I think that, I do think that part of that is because there wasn't really, you know, I didn't really see it as an option or see it as a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any lesbians, you yeah. know, I, I, you know, not in my real life that I was aware of. Um, and you know, there weren't, it wasn't really in TV shows except for sometimes where they do like a kiss. Yeah. And that's the, the lesbian kiss is the reason why I know what like American sweeps week means because that <laughs> was always a thing that they had. Um, but yeah, it wasn't really a real thing. And I do think it's so important because the time I think when I sort of really began to understand that that's what was going on with me was and this is super embarrassing but it was when I was watching the L word that was a welcome to everybody we all have that that experience when you're watching and you're like wait a second but it's just like yeah it's like oh and it, and I think that's what is so great about it even you know issues with it aside yeah 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 <laughs> it's that you know other you know there are coming out stories in included in it but largely it is about people who are just living their lives as yep. well you know and so you can be like oh so that's how that works and it sounds really silly I suppose in a way but I yeah I do think it's important um, no, I feel like go ahead oh, Sam go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like the L word, like, I feel like exposure to any story like that is so important, but to watch it happen. And it's not just like that, like weird trauma story too, where like, oh, all the gay people die at the end. Like they're just like hanging. I mean, that did spoiler alert happen a little bit in the L word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I remember I watched that. I was like in a relationship with a guy for a long time and I was watching that on Netflix and I was like, oh, it's just a good show. And then I'm like still watching. And I was like, we should do some self-work about why we're watching like eight seasons of like the L word and then figure that out on the, the other end of that. <laughs> Cause it yeah, wasn't really that, a good show. That is exactly the same. You know, um, that is, I was in a relationship with a guy for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that. And, um, but it, I do think it goes to show and there's, there's so many people, uh, especially people who are sort of, you know, 30 plus who have that exact same story. Yep. We're all L word bonding. <laughs> um, I will lie. I can remember telling someone that, oh, like, I just look at the girl's boobs. Like, that's just like a thing. Everyone does that. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many, mo- there's so many moments looking back where we're all like, okay, that was because of this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's also great that you know, 15, 16, 17 year olds can read books like yours and like 
not have to wait until they're 26 or 28 or however old some of us were and then see that, okay, these people are already out. Their families love them. They're having relationships. They're also having heartbreaks. Like this is all really normal teen stuff. And I'm also normal because even if I'm not like straight. Yeah, no, absolutely. I did see someone, somebody once said to me, you know, that they thought it was unrealistic that Saoirse had had a girlfriend and a breakup. And then another girlfriend before she was 18. And I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know what? Maybe, but it doesn't have to be. And hopefully it'll be less weird yeah. as time okay. goes on. Thank you. And also how many, like, I have kids in my class already that are just like, yeah, we've been dating for a year. And yeah. I had like four or five boyfriends before I graduated high school, like very short relationships. It was nothing like serious. But I also think like queer kids can have multiple relationships in high school and it doesn't have to be like, there's only one other gay kid and that's it. We're together forever. (laughs) Even though all teenagers think that will be sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, that might happen. But I will say that I also really... Wait, are we allowed to do spoilers? Are we going to do spoilers? Sure. Okay. I, I mean, love- most people have read the following and love montage that follow us. So. Okay. Um. Yeah, I do apologize. I definitely screamed about your book a little bit, and then <laughs> I was like, "Read it, read it right now." Um, but I loved that part about the ending for the falling in love montage. Like, I love that they don't end up happily ever after, or like you didn't paint this picture that like everything's great does that make sense like yeah I mean I think that like I love that ending (laughs) some people have mixed reactions (laughs) I Uh, love that ending but uh, to me it's the only ending that makes sense and I think that so I mean people can obviously read you know whatever they want to read and I, I think that you you know in some ways you should want the main characters to be together at the end of the story like otherwise you don't really care Mm -hmm. Um, but what I felt was that like um the whole story or the whole point of the story if you if you've read it and you're you still think the ending is wrong I feel like maybe you didn't like get what I was saying yeah (laughs) um (laughs) go back and read it again (laughs) yeah um but you know, and that's not to say, like, if you want them to be together at the end, that that's wrong. Because I, you know, I, I can understand that. But I just think that it doesn't make sense for them for where they are in their yeah. life. And I think it's important to show, I mean, granted, I love YA and I'm almost 30. But, like, I think it's important to show, especially teens, that, like, you can have a relationship. It can mean a lot. And it doesn't have to last forever. And your your world does not end. Like, you will grow from that learn from that it will add a life experience and like everything will be okay yeah absolutely and I think not all breakups happen because you don't like the person you know sometimes it's just and you know if you were putting like oh my god I think it would just be such a bad message to send if one of them like abandoned their life and family to yes and the rest of their lives with someone that they'd known for like three months um (laughs) When they were 17. When they were 17. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It feels Um, like you're going to do that at 17, but then when you actually, like, age, you're like, yeah, you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah. 
not normal. I mean, yeah. it's normal sometimes, but no, it makes sense, especially when you're like going to college or university. Like you're you're probably not going to abandon all of your own goals and plans to. Yeah, and you should. You know, you shouldn't. Like that would be. Um, that is a recipe for disaster. I think mostly. Um, I just read a few weeks ago. What if it's us by Becky Awartali and Adam Silvera? Have you read it yet? Yes, I read it when it came out. So it was like I think a couple few years ago now, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, like we're all backlisted. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mostly just worried that you're gonna ask me something and I'm not gonna remember. Really, yeah. <laughs> I just I loved it because like I you don't see endings like that often. Yeah, it was a reali- more realistic yeah. ending. And I think it's really important for especially teenagers to see like thinking back about me and about some of my kids like high school does not have to be forever like you know and I felt like in the falling in love montage and what if it's us like they loved each other and it was important and it was valid but also like your life still goes on you know and like Mm -hmm. it can end gracefully and it can in easily you know and yeah. I, I appreciated that so much and so yeah um so kind of changing course you in both of your books also tie in a lot of different family dynamics and I feel like levels of grief kind of are woven in there with like things going on with their family relationships, like past heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just kind of curious about your just thoughts on including that and like its importance to the story and not just making it like YA romance, but adding in those other elements. Does any of that make sense? Yeah, I think that um, I can't, I, I can't seem to write in a way that where it's all funny. <laughs> <laughs> or, it, or it's all sad it just kind of comes out both like both streams at once yeah um and I think it comes from the fact that whenever you know whenever I start a book I start with a premise um you know that is just like a line um mm-hmm. so you know a girl who sets up a a, a business in her school trading favors um or a girl who gets involved in a relationship that mirrors a romantic comedy. Um, and that's kind of where the fun parts come for me. But then I, um, <laughs> uh, then what I do is I work back and sort of think about who would do that and why would they do that? Right. And, um, and I think that's where that family element comes into it because you can't really... I feel like he really just has a lot to say about this question. Yeah, he's really, yeah. <laughs> um, but he, but yes, yeah, so see, like when you're young, obviously your family is a big part of your life, whether it's, you know, a good relationship or a bad relationship. And um, whenever you're trying to figure things, I mean, they're obviously they're a big part of your life when you're an adult as well. But, um, you know, when you're a teenager, you do, for the most part, live with your family or whoever. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that's biological or not and I'm so sorry <laughs> um but they I think that for me there's just something really about people who are 
wanting a relationship to be something that it's not mm-hmm. and the kind of loss and grief that comes with that yeah. and I don't necessarily fully intend to like set out to, to write that but I think um that kind of longing sort of motivates a lot of my characters and that kind of wanting something and wanting connection that they're not quite getting yeah, yeah. Sam and I always do this. Go ahead, Sam. It's very realistic um, because everyone has something. And I feel like it makes your characters all the more believable and makes them such deeper characters and not just surface characters, which I think is really important. Yeah. It really takes your books to another level, which is, I mean, it, it sets them apart than just some of the fluffier YA. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate that. And I, and I think to me, it's like, there is no, you know, you can't like, I, I, you know, there are books that I've read and this is not a disparagement on, it's not even a YA. This can happen in any, in any genre where you just don't really care about what's happening to anybody. Like all mm-hmm. the ingredients mm-hmm. are there, but you just don't, like or even you know if you're thinking about it in terms of rom-coms like I thought obviously a lot about these when I was writing um the falling in love montage and you know really good rom-coms are ones that are built on a foundation of a character who is Mm -hmm. who who really you know has deep motivation um and the example I keep coming back to is is sleepless in or not sleepless in Seattle while you were sleeping oh yeah because that character does something that's really crazy and she gets involved in all of these antics and it's all very silly but you fully get why she keeps doing it because she's so lonely yeah Yeah. and so that means that what she does makes sense and I can't have I can't have my characters doing things that don't make sense (laughs) I mean it's true though because I feel like if you have a especially a 17 year old and I'm thinking of like the falling in love montage, but if you're giving them commitment issues, most 17 year olds don't just have commitment issues. You have to like give them a reason. Otherwise it's not believable. I'm like, okay, what 16 year old is this jaded or 17 year old is this jaded without like anything else going on? But that's, that is exactly the thought that I had as well. I was like, you know, you could maybe do that, that with an adult who'd been through a lot of rubbish relationships but for it to be a teenager, that person has to, it has to be something more than just a bad breakup. Yeah, a little bit deeper. Well, and even you see it with Aiden in Not My Problem. Um, the desire to be wanted and to be needed mm-hmm. because of the fact of her mother and what is happening um, between her mom and her real dad. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so fascinating because I teach seventh grade and I just kept like thinking like how many of my kids do this like daily or how like I can I can picture three kids off the top of my head that really fit that like just that desire to want to be included and to be loved and to be needed um no totally because you know otherwise she would just stop 
doing what she's doing once it's mm-hmm. not working or once it's hard because there's no real reason then for her to do it but I think that you see that um with both of the other characters as well you know Maeve no one likes her yeah <laughs> you know like nobody me. likes her so <laughs> you know she has a really strong need to sort of first of all be helpful and be useful and be the best at everything but also just to be included and Covey too although I try and sort of show that actually he has a really good home life yeah gets along really well with his family and he's really close with his brother and they get into all kinds of ridiculous situations and you only sort of see it a little bit but um but he is excluded by the other boys in his class and he doesn't really have anyone and just wants to be part of the story. <laughs> so sweet and sensitive. He's my favorite. Um, I ha- I have a confession. I am halfway through it. I really tried hard to read really fast today. Um, <laughs> it didn't work out the way I planned, but I'm at the part where Covey invites her to go to lunch with him and so Mm -hmm. she's like oh okay so like you have another job for me and he was like nah I just want to be friends and he's just like I was like that is the most precious thing I have ever read I was like he is my favorite yeah I know he's so lovely and he's trying so hard to like be her friend and she just doesn't get it because she's got her walls up she doesn't know she can't she wouldn't it wouldn't occur to her that somebody would actually just want to hang out with her yeah Yeah. they must want something do you no go ahead sam i'm sorry um i feel like you see that too with um with i oh I don't, I don't even want to, the main character of Falling in Love Montage. I'm so sorry. Fierce. Fierce. <laughs> I've been saying it so many times because I was like, I know I'm going to like say it like the <laughs> well, actress. You see it with Searsha and um, who is the cousin? Who's the cousin? Oliver. All, okay. I, knew I love Oliver. Oliver. I just didn't want to say Oliver because I was very scared. Also, I did read it. I, it's okay. <laughs> We really. I, I don't remember everything that happened in that, and I wrote it. Like, <laughs> okay. Um. Well, you even see that with Oliver. Like, she, Sersha doesn't believe that he really wants to be her friend, and she's very jaded in that sense. And like, I love that because I, I think it really adds because a lot of kids don't notice that. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, they always. Kind of think there's a second part to that. Mm -hmm. I think that so many kids are lonely you know and they do find it difficult to connect and there are a lot of obstacles I think when you're young as well and um well there there are when you're older as well I mean trying to make friends as an adult is its own hard thing as well but um (laughs) I think you're young you know you don't want to be vulnerable enough in front of someone to be like oh well let's be friends yeah (laughs) Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm like, you're going to be my best friend. You don't even know it. I tell like- <laughs> Sam actually does do that. And I'm just like, oh, all right, we're doing this. this is- and I'm like, yes, we <laughs> are. <Alex. laughs> um, okay. Now that we've talked about like all the characters, do you have any that you've written that were your favorite to write or that are memorable even now, like that your books are finished? Um, I think I, I loved writing Oliver in the Falling Love montage. Um, because he's such a git. Yeah. Um, 
but like I just really enjoyed him. Um, I love writing the scenes between him and Saoirse. They were like my favorite. I wrote all these text message conversations between them. Those are my favorite. When she changes his name in her phone to like whatever sack of nuts or something, I laughed out loud and I rarely do that. Like when we I was like, this is wonderful. Um, and then I loved, I like Covey, I had written into like three or four other manuscripts and he just never quite worked. He was actually supposed to be, this is going to sound really weird because it's not a movie, but he was supposed to play Oliver's part. Oh, he was <laughs> supposed to play. play. <laughs> but he didn't, like he just didn't go. Yeah. Um, and then, so yes, I finally made it into um, to Not My Problem. So I really liked writing him and his like long rambling um, stories that he tells. And, <laughs> yeah, that's cute. <laughs> and Maeve as well. I really, I really liked writing Maeve because she's so hectic and so intense. And she, she reminds me of, of me. Um, she I that's I had that thought too like Maeve's type A personality I was like you know what there's a point in my life where I would also ask someone to push me down the stairs to like just have a break <laughs> so I'm like I feel really connected to Maeve yeah I do too I, re- I, I really like her and this sort of speech that she has like right up at the front of the book where she's talking about how her life's all gonna like fall apart and she's gonna die in the gutter because she you know she Whatever, I, what even what even is it? I can't even remember. She gets a B or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can really relate to that. Just I, I still do. I think that Maeve probably as a as a person could stand to see things in a more nuanced way than she yeah. does. Less catastrophic. Yes, and just be a little bit less of a black and white thinker. You know. And she she puts people into good and bad groups, and and that's something that she's going to need to grow out of. But um, what I wanted in the book for her to have people who don't actually need her to change yet, yeah, and they still like her, how she is, yeah. without, without that, yeah. I like that. I do. Okay, so I have a very important question for you. Obviously, you're a Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> So, um, how big of a Taylor Swift fan are you that you put her in your book for all time for all of us to see? You know. Well, you know, I do love Taylor Swift. I am not a particularly musical person. Um, Wait, so but, you don't sing in the shower or in the car? I'm. Oh gosh, I mean, I I would try not to in case someone. <laughs> I do play the violin, but I'm not actually musical. That's Where did you go? Hmm? No, that's just, that's more of like a, 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 for me, like a, showing my real me of side now, but that's just an exercise in precision for me. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Um, That's scheduled in for your 30 minute violin. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, the, but I do love Taylor Swift, but I am, you know, the other, I suppose the other person who keeps getting a mention in my books is Kirsten Stewart. She, yes. Yes. Her, Relatable. <laughs> she's in there and then she's, uh, she's in the following in love montage. She's in the two unpublished manuscripts that I have. That's right. <laughs> That's a theme. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, I'm not like a particularly like spiritual person, but if the secret is real, then I feel like I'm putting that energy out into the universe now. You put that energy out. I'm putting it out for Aubrey Plaza. We're doing good things here. <laughs> you hear me? so funny. 
Um, oh, they should have ended up together at the end of that movie. They should have. That was honestly the big miss of uh, 2020 for me. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that we could come up with a few more, but but that was a real that was a real bad one for the gays, you know. That was a real disaster. Yeah. Um. Okay. I have a less serious question. Not that I I don't think the Taylor Swift question was super. That was very serious. Um. In Falling in Love montage, we have Searsha, who's a big horror movie fan, and Ruby, who's a big rom-com fan. Which one are you, or neither? Both. Oh, okay. Um, so, but, I, but I'm very, I'm sort of indiscriminate. I'll watch any rom-com, but I'm very, I'm very discriminating when it comes to horror movies. And it's not like a, it's not a prestige thing. Like, I wouldn't know a good or bad one from a hole in the head. But I really only like the ones where there's a guy with a knife going around to kill people. Got it. Um, like I don't like ones that are um, too graphic or tortury. Yeah, same. Hostile ones. No, I can't watch that. No, um, yeah. And I don't. I don't particularly care for anything supernatural because I don't believe in those things. So. Why You're literally saying the same things that I have said a hundred times. Yeah, why would I be scared of a doll or a ghost or whatever? That's not gonna actually get me, but no. like a person That's might actually gonna get me. No, it's, it's true. Really yeah, but, like, a guy with a knife, like he can actually yeah. get me. <laughs> have you watched The Strangers? That's my all-time favorite because I'm like, yeah, absolutely. People could wear masks and like stalk me from outside my home and make me terrified, but like. It's truly the greatest scary movie, in my opinion. Um, it's called The Strangers. I want to say it's like M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, maybe I'm making that up, but. I'll have a look. But my favorite one, like Searsha, uh, is Scream. Uh, Scream. Yeah. I just love it. It's so funny. And it's, it's obviously very, very meta, which <laughs> I enjoy. Um, and I just think it's hilarious. Just that bit at the end where um, Matthew Lillard is on the phone and he's like, my mom's going to kill me. <laughs> that gets me every time. I just think it's such a funny film. And I think if you can mix like genuinely properly scary bits, because I saw that movie. That was the first scary movie that I'd ever seen. And I must have been about um, 11. Because um, it, it, it was when it came out. And um, I could not sleep four weeks but also it's hilarious so yeah it's like as you get older it's less like scary and more like oh look at that yeah Yeah. it's Um, so clever like the dialogue and stuff is really really good in that movie it's definitely one i watch every year sam hates scary movies but (laughs) she's like sitting there like nothing to add (laughs) um i am a pansy and like i live alone in the woods (laughs) So there is nothing good for me to watch. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I watch. Yeah, watch them alone. That makes it better. Yeah. Then you're okay, properly guys. going to bed feeling like, oh my god, what if there is someone in the woods? And, and, that, and then when you wake up in the morning and you're still alive, you'll have like a new <laughs> life is you. life is better when you're like, wow, I made it through. <laughs> Listen, okay, so my dogs are assholes. Like they're the worst, and. <laughs> Anytime I, like, my, I hate scary movies, but I love The Haunting on Hill House, and I make everyone watch it. That is any part of me. Any girl I ever date, I'm like, hey, so would you like to watch The Haunting on Hill House? (laughs) Um, Welcome. 
but my dogs will just stare at walls and like bark. I can't, I can't, I can't. I have dead ass packed my house up and went to my parents at like 2 a.m. because I was no. I like to fall asleep to scary movies. I'm like, I'll put on this nice movie where people are dying and screaming and I'll just go right to bed. <laughs> no, I think that's such a good question though, is what 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 would you make someone watch? Um, if you've, ju- you've just started dating, what is, the, what is the one thing that you would make them watch? Oh, what is the one thing? Tell us. Well, I think, I, I think for me it would be um, a simple favor. Is that the one with Blake Lively? Yes, I yeah. love that movie so much. I felt like when I watched it, they had made it just for me. It had all my favorite things in it. Very great Thanks. suits, fashion. Got it. I that was a good one. I forgot about that. I've never I'm seen that movie. Got it. What got would it. you? Is yours Haunting of Hill House, Sam? For sure. Like okay. any girl I ever date, I'm like, so would you like to watch Haunting of Hill House? <laughs> and they're like, I thought you didn't like scary movies. I'm like, no. But that, There's so much more to that, yeah. I love that show because it is a family, like, dynamics with ghosts. That's how I, like, you know. I, I, think, I think mine would be The Strangers because I want to know, like, if we're going to be together, how are you going to react when we're trying, when someone's trying to murder us in our own home? Like, I need to know. Like, are you going to panic? Am I going to have to do all of this or do... Are we on the same, like, survival page? <laughs> See, this actually happened to me, right? Sort of, right? When I was, <laughs> when I was at university, um, I, was in my, I was in my bedroom, and my door, my bedroom door was locked. But it was the middle of the night, and somebody knocked on my door. Mm-hmm. And oh, no. Oh, and, no. Was like, and it was, like, a really, like, yeah, I'm not even going to knock because it'll make my dog. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a really like authoritative knock. And um, and I was like, hello. <laughs> and this really gruff man is like, open the door. It's the police. No. This is the bedroom door, right? Yeah. I, I remember sitting there thinking, <sighs> I actually said to him, you know, how do I know it's the police? And he was, and I, could, I could hear a dog. Good job. Good job. He was like, he was like, he was like, oh, he just kind of laughed and was like, oh, I guess you don't. <laughs> oh, good. That's giving me confidence. I know. And then, um, so then I sat there for a minute thinking, right, okay. Like I'm, I was on the, I was on the first floor, but it was a really, like really, really high ceiling building. So I was like, if I jump out the window, I will for sure break my leg. Mm-hmm. And then I will just, I had visions of myself on the ground outside, like dragging my limp body along the street. And then this person chasing me to try and kill me if it was a murderer. Um, and I was like, that sounds awful. Yeah. So I guess if it is a murderer, I'm just going to open the door and get it over with. <laughs> Can you open yeah. the door? <laughs> Damn. It was the police, but it was the police telling me that my house had been broken into and the, the windows and doors were all open. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least it was the police and not the person who broke into... Broke in, yes, exactly. You know, so I know you- that, in, that if I if somebody was trying to kill me, that I would just let them. I have said that before too. I'm like, I watch all these movies and I'll like say all these brave things, and I'm like, but if someone was hunting me, just 
get it over just, with. Like, yeah, it just like it's no, it's not, it's not worth it. The the chase is worse than you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna play a game with you for 12 hours for you to kill me anyway. Just kill yeah. me now. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like I get this. So my best friend it loves like haunted houses, and <laughs> she's gonna kill me that I'm telling this story. So, <laughs> Um, we went to a haunted house a few years ago together. Was this year? No, it was this year. We went to a haunted house this year together, and I hate to be scared. I hate it, but I turned into like a crazy person, and like I get very like at one point we were walking through, and it was a haunted house where they can touch you and pull you away and like drag you off, and so they grabbed Mel, which is my best friend. And I literally put my finger up and I was like, no. <laughs> and you literally saw this man like change from being like this, like creepy clown to being like, I'm sorry, ma'am. And he like, backed <laughs> up, and I would like grab her and run. And I just like, I turned crazy. Like I have no fear. Like once the fear has like hit me, it's like, I have no fear. And I'm just like, let's fight it out. Like, You're I'll a fighter. Where are the freezers? That, see, that's so good. I mean, so that would make you a really good protagonist because you're like, oh, you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm a really sweet seventh grade teacher. And then. And then you're like, you have the secret knives ready to like double yeah, kill the murderer. You're yeah. actually secretly a badass. You're a final girl, Sam. Yeah. Look at us. Thank you, Riley Sager. Thank you. <laughs> Kira, Kira and I are dead, and you're the final girl. <laughs> we just we just gave up ages ago. She she opened the door. Both of us were murdered, and Sam's in the corner, like not me. <laughs> Listen, I would I would I would fight for you. I got you. Thank you. Um, okay, so tell us, um, what is something that you hope readers take away from both of your books? Um, I think I, I just want people to, you know, have a nice time. I really, I want people to laugh <laughs> um, at the bits that I think are funny. Um, and, you know, that's kind of when people think, say, you know, I know like the books are sort of a kind of a balance between sort of tragedy and comedy, but I think when people find it funny, that's what I enjoy the most. Um, but I think also kind of, you know, they're just, they're, I suppose they're just meant to be fun and, yeah. you know, yeah, they have, they have these sad bits and there is mean into it and it's, and that, but that's a story to me that's, you know, without that, it's just, you know, a, a sitcom, which is <laughs> not the same thing. Um, <laughs> no harm to sitcoms or whatever but you know what I mean it's not like um so I think I just want people to enjoy it and get something from it whatever that is you know and actually hearing the different things that people get from it is really interesting to me because sometimes people will say things that and you're like oh god I can't believe you picked up on that or yeah. you know nobody else has ever said that about it um and I love that. You know, it's yeah. really interesting to see what other people get from something that you've done. Yeah. How personal. Like even that thing what, what, that you said earlier about grief, you know, nobody's ever said that to me before. Oh. Interesting <laughs> because it is, I think that grief and loss play such a big part in what I am writing about. 
Yeah, I'm um, a therapist during the day, so maybe that's why <laughs> I'm like reading yeah. everything through a lens of like if I. I yeah, <laughs> I'm a mental health social worker during the day. Oh, oh I'm a social worker too. That's, oh, are you? That's fun. I had no idea. Yeah, that's how I'm reading it. So I'm like, my social work brain, especially, and not my problem. I was like, oh, okay. Like I just want to like take Aiden into my office and be like, let's like have a chat. <laughs> I know Aideen massively disparages social workers um, during the book. <laughs> I understand, so it's okay. <laughs> but um, but yes, no, I think that I think that that part of uh, you know my life that part plays such a big part because although I work with adults in mental health, not and I don't I don't work with young people um, anymore. I used to be a teacher, but uh, they that side of things does play a big part in what I'm writing I'm always sort of like sitting there being like oh 18 yeah attachment issues are really prominent right now yeah we're like self-diagnosing her throughout yeah. the party. here's what I would do in this party Dean oh, that's yeah. or even like you know sometimes I get sometimes I feel a bit sad when people like say oh I really hate you know I don't like Aideen's mom or I don't like um Saoirse's dad and I'm like oh but yeah, when you look at it from like a, a system yeah. picture, it's like poor Aideen's mom also needs help and like where the services for her and Sierra's dad's grieving too. Like I'm, I know Sam and I, we get in fights on this podcast because like I see everything as a social worker and yeah. she'll be like, she'll be like that girl, she's the worst, she's a bully. She's a, I'm like, Sam, let's let's look at it from like her perspective. <laughs> what I think when you're a social worker, you, you, you cannot help but see everything yeah. in social work terms yeah there's almost like no bad guy um i don't did you read the miseducation of cameron post yes yes i love it yeah we got in a big fight about that one <laughs> and i was like fuck her the girl who outs um cameron and gets her sent off to oh I, yeah yeah and i was like fuck her I feel like her name starts with an H. I don't know. Yeah, Sam was like, I'm like, she's also 15 and scared. And like, and Sam's like, no, I can't forgive her. And I'm like, let's talk this out. (laughs) No, I do. I'm 100% with you. I always. Holy, that's her name. And I think that I try not to write, like, I try not to write pure villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they do veer that way, you know, I think my editor knows that as well. And will always be like, oh, she, that person's seeming a bit rough right now, you know. And I think that people will really dislike Holly and, and not my problem. But I, I, I feel a lot for her as well. But yeah. Um, but I think that's it. It's like, I think, you know, in do, not not to turn this into social work podcast. <laughs> I think right. um, when you're working with people and you and you start, you are kind of in a position where you have to be able to understand people when they do things that are unpleasant or hard to understand or objectionable in some way. It becomes really hard then to to judge them because yep. you do have to understand it. Yeah, um, and it does end up making you that really annoying person. <laughs> so I was like, oh, but you know, let's think about this. And yeah, I'm, I am like, I'm not even playing the devil's advocate. I'm like, I genuinely think this. I'm like, <laughs> I get why we're supposed to hate this person, but what if we just look at their lives for a little bit? Yeah, <laughs> like let's burn their house down. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. We're gonna get you to our side, Sam. You're halfway there. 
I just like, I bully you into agreeing with me at this point. Um, okay. Our last question is when we ask everyone, what are some of your favorite LGBTQ plus books that you've read? Well, that I've read ever, I I think that's so hard to answer. I think yeah. that a lot of the a lot of those books that I've read, I probably read later in life. Mm-hmm. So I think your like your absolute favorite books tend to be ones that you read when you're younger. Like my favorite book in the entire world is The Bell Jar, which I read when I was fourteen. Oh wow! So, uh, but I think that I've read some really great ones recently and at the minute I'm in the middle of reading Love is for Losers. I have that. Do you? I, I haven't I, read it yet. I've started reading it and I think that it's actually going to be a really if like I think if you like the falling in love montage I think you're gonna like this one because it's I, th- I feel like it's like a sister book or something you know yeah. they share a soul of some kind um, and I'm actually doing a panel with that author um, at the end of the month which is why I, I crushed it up my um, oh my giant uh reading list yeah but i think i also love um uh it's not like it's a secret mm-hmm. and i'm really looking forward to love and other natural disasters i really like um kelly quinlan's books as well yeah she's so fantastic and um trying to think what else i'm actually looking around me because i know there's a few over there because they have them on little video we (laughs) do this too every time someone asks us about books we're like i don't know i don't read i don't remember anything (laughs) yeah i know know it is really hard um but miseducation of karen post is one that i really loved as well (laughs) and (laughs) and i really want to read her adult book i can't remember the name it's so good yes that's it yes i'm dying to read that and then there's a bunch of authors in ireland like um moira filey doyle writes really good i read her um uh, something all the bad apples right yes yeah, that was yeah. Great. i know she is really really good and then um uh deirdre sullivan is great and there's just there's so many good things as well though it's hard to kind of stay on top of everything i know i have or like who've read seem to have read everything you can't you can't I have a whole shelf of books I just have to read and I was trying to take a a photo of like these are the books I'm going to try to read for pride and then I'm like pride is only a month long there's like 15 books on this list and I've had these books for like months and months and I'm like this is I'm out of control I gotta get out yeah no it is it's it's so hard and then there's new good things coming out all the time I I just feel like I'm putting them putting them on like a literal pile yeah and just being like oh i guess i'll get to that someday i know may and june have some great queer books too so i'm like already dreading this <laughs> yeah. yeah um okay well it has been so nice to have you yeah. thank oh, you so, so much for coming um, um go ahead <laughs> thank you so much for having me it's been really lovely to talk to you both yeah. Can you tell, I forgot, we forgot to ask you at the beginning. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? Oh, yes. Um, you can find me on um, Twitter at Kira Nick G, which is C-I-A-R-A-M-I-C-G, which nobody's ever asked me, but it is sort of short for my name in Irish, which is Kira Nick And uh, on Instagram at Kira is writing. Kira is writing. That's right. 
Um, okay, well, congrats on your release of Not My Problem. It's out now. Everyone should have already bought it, but like, um, yeah, if you haven't out. bought it, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> What's the hold up? Just put it's it on. It's been like two weeks. You, you want to read. You should okay, have already bought it and read it. <laughs> Um, congratulations on hitting that number one. We're so proud of you. <laughs> We're just throwing some great things into the universe for you. you know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Did you hear about the movie deal? Or? Yeah, it's going to be a, sh- a, a like a 10, 10 season series on Netflix. Yes, exactly. Starring Kirsten Stewart. <laughs> I can totally see it. I feel like Sam was like, wait a minute, but is it? <laughs> we wish. We really wish. We're going to send some letters. We got you. We got uh, you. But yeah, thank you so much. There's Alba signing off. He, yeah, he's like, oh, saying goodbye. All right, here we go. No, right. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Yeah. It was really good to talk to you. Anytime um, you write another book, you know, just... Or if you just come like on. read a book and you're like, oh, like, just can I come and chat? Yes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We love it. We'll probably bother you. We'll be like, hey, we finally just read Love is for Lizards. Do you want to come talk about it with us? Yes, definitely do, though. I, you know, this has been really good. Yeah, we love it. But thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers, queers. Cheers, queers. <laughs>